Welcome in to episode six of the Alana Inquirer podcast. And with me today is Derek Piper, who's about to make one of his favorite road trips down to Peach Jam down in Georgia. Derek Piper, how are you, buddy? Doing well, man. Gearing up for the trip. Always an uh, exciting one. One of my favorite times of year to uh, see a lot of hoops, make a long drive, but it, it's always worth it. If you're hearing dings, Isaac Trotter is texting me at a bad time. So sorry about that. <laughs> He's trying to get in. Get in on the, on the, the running back, Yeah, the running back position primer is in, if anybody wanted to know. So, yeah, we're, we're gearing up for football. And there is something I want to ch- talk about uh, with football. Uh, but a lot going on with basketball. We're going to dive into that today. We'll talk about Peach Jam. And I'll have Derek explain, like, what this actually is and why it's such a big deal. Uh, we'll talk about a program that is back, man. Um, once proud program is definitely back on the national map and it could be a very good thing for the university of illinois and then we're going to get into a lot of your questions i asked for a mailbag on twitter we'll do that and, and there's some good topics on here and we'll get it going right after this quick break okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Derek Piper, I'm sorry we got to go football first, but there is some big news. Uh, Mookie Cooper, the top one ever prospect and my top target in the class of 2020 for Illinois football, uh, announced today, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, that he is going to Ohio State. Not a big surprise, Derek, um, but I, I think this one, if I'm making a hoops comp, Reminds me of Khalil Whitney, right? Like it's the guy Illinois felt like they did everything right in the recruitment. Like you're in on this guy, like, wow, everything could break your way. And then all of a sudden the blue bloods get in there and, and you can't blame the kid for for picking the blue blood. Yeah, it's one of those choices that it's hard to argue with based on the, the track record and the stage that he, he'll get to play on at Ohio State. Of course, then you're wondering about, you know, positionally and how he factors in with some other top targets they have. You can compare that to Khalil uh, at Kentucky, of course. You could also make the EJ Liddell comparison when you're losing a top target on your board from the St. Louis area. But, uh, yeah, I think as far as where Ohio State is in football, maybe compared to to Illinois football as far as blue blood uh, in that sport. That, that definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, this is – I've thought for a long time. I've watched Trinity a couple of times. This, this is their best prospect. And I, I love Isaiah Williams. I think, you know, the impact he can make as a quarterback one, but also just as a leader, I, I think he could be – as big of a program changer, if not more than Mookie, uh, I think Shimon Cooper is going to be a really good college linebacker with a chance at the pros. I love Marcus Washington that went to Texas. But when you watch Mookie, I, I'd see him catch a pass or a run, and there's just a different speed, and, and he just blurs by you. It's just every once in a while, Derek, you see a prospect, right, and, and you go, "That's different." And, and Mookie has that kind of speed. Really strong kid too. Uh, and Illinois was in the top two here, and, and I think that says a lot about Corey Patterson, but. Um, you know, Corey's only got so much to work with here and, um, you know, you can do the emotional pull all you want, but you know, when you're, when you're competing against Ohio state and they have, you know, 12, they had 11 wins in three months last year, you've had nine wins in three years under Lovey Smith. Like it's just, it's just a really hard sell and you got to have a special kid like Isaiah Williams or Marquez Beeson who just buy into you. 
uh, right? And most of these kids are are looking to get to the pros. And you look at Ohio State, even under just Ryan Day, you know, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, two guys who went in the top 80 of the draft last year. I know he's not Urban Meyer, but it's Ohio State Buckeyes. It's 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 the brand. It's it's he's going there with a bunch of other top 100 prospects. Justin Fields will be throwing to him. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing. Illinois is in the top two, and I know Derek. They won't they won't uh, quit this recruitment, but it's just a lot stacked up against you when you're not producing on the field. Uh, it would have been pretty amazing if they could have landed them. Yeah, they're in a really difficult spot, but also a crucial spot in terms of Lovey Smith and his staff. Uh, with where they're at in their tenure and, and trying to to build this thing. And you get someone, a special talent like Isaiah Williams to jump on board who played quarterback for Mookie, and you're hoping that that connection can transfer over. I mean, you have the Trinity pipeline, and I don't think you're arguing too much or that unhappy with what that has provided. But this is also, you know, a big position of need. You need a playmaker in the passing game. And, uh, you know, they've done really well at running back. You have your quarterback of the future. The offensive line is building up. So uh, this one hurts, uh, obviously. Uh, again, it's another situation where you can't really argue with Mookie and his choice uh, as far as what's all on the table for him at Ohio State. Uh, I'll ask you of how, what would Illinois have to do on the field as far as maybe swaying him and how much his his mind would be open. I think that would be something that will be interesting. Maybe if Illinois is sitting there four and zero or you know four and one in the season, and maybe he's paying attention. Isaiah's playing, but uh, for right now, obviously very disappointing. And when you're trying to you know just add guys in that class, but this one would clearly have been a difference maker. Yeah, I mean th- this for me was the guy I thought was the best chance at having a program changing class or program changing guy, right? Like there's some really good prospects. I love Antonio Johnson uh, from East St. Louis. He's committed to Tennessee, but I think, I think that's a very soft commitment at this point. And I think Illinois is going to be in the mix, but I, I don't think, you know, Mookie is the top guy and, and there's some other good players. They got two of them on board and Reggie Love uh, and Jaden Thompson, and maybe they could add more. We'll talk about a few of those guys, but this was the guy that I thought could change the class. And I, I, I don't think it's completely over. I mean, he's committed to two other programs already. Um, could he switch again? Possibly. But I think Illinois is really going to have to do a lot of work there. I, I think at least a bowl game would be the minimum. Um, I, and I think probably even more than that. I think you got to show maybe a Trayvon Sidney off, maybe a Kyron Cumbie and be like, hey, listen, you're better than these guys. Look what you could do for us. Um, but if they're 7-5 and five or something like that, maybe. Um I think Illinois still got a chance here, and I know they're going to push, and I know Corey Patterson's got his pull, but I do think when, when a kid commits to two other schools and it's not you, uh, at some point you probably got to prepare yourself that he's not going to be part of the class, and that's where you really got to focus on other targets. And, and the two guys I, I would have in mind are Marcellus Moore out of, out of Plainfield North. And this is a kid that isn't as big as Mookie or A.J. Henning, maybe not as proven as a football player, Derek, but he's one of the fastest men in the country. <laughs> I don't use that lightly. Like of all guys in the country, he's one of the fastest. Uh, he runs under 4440, which is legit. He's one of the fastest 100-meter guys, uh, obviously in his class, set state records here in, in Illinois. And you have a winnable battle. It's against Purdue, and, and they sell Rondale, which is a football sell you can't give them. But you make him a top priority. He'd make an impact right away. He'd start for you probably right away. Um, and you got the home state cell. You got Jaden Thompson, who's a close friend of his. He would be a top priority for me. He's going to be a star track athlete too. So the Illinois track program could obviously use him. And the other guy is James Frenchie, another Trinity Catholic kid. Um, 
maybe not the level of Mookie Cooper, but he's explosive. Averaged 30 yards a catch last year, 13 yards a run, had I believe 12 touchdowns and limited touches. So he's maybe not four, sub four or five guy time testing, but I've seen him play and he can break one off at any time. The issue there has kind of been academics, but I hear that's improved. So if I'm Illinois at this point in my class, I, I'm going to take an academic risk at this point, get some buzz going, and he seems to be on the right track, and maybe you can work with him enough. And I know Illinois has done that well with guys like Ricky Smalling and Virtus Brown before. Those are the two guys I would just make an absolute priority and push for because, boy, Derek, they need some buzz in this class. Absolutely, and you've got to be able to pivot off of this, and you can't let Mookie you know, go into Ohio State, uh, define your class and, and what you're going to do uh, here with this group. And, uh, you know, you – Talked about Marcellus more, talked about speed, and, and that's really what stood out to me is uh, – and then also the opportunity in Illinois where you go to Purdue and, and they're selling Rondale more and maybe you have to play with him or behind him for a year at Purdue. But at Illinois, uh, you can come in and, and get touches early on, and uh, that's what you're looking for in this Rod Smith offense is playmakers, guys that can uh, be electric with the ball in their hands. Isaiah is going to be that at quarterback. You think that Kyron Cumbie, whether he's coming out of the backfield or in the slot, is another guy that can do that. But uh, there's a lot of opportunity there uh, to, to come into Illinois and be a standout playmaker early on. And, uh, yeah, the staff has to be able to – to go from Mookie and really put the heat on some of these other guys and, and tr- maybe take a risk, uh, as you said, with, with Frenchie and uh, and see what happens. But uh, at, at this point in time, I, I don't know what the what the downside is. If he doesn't qualify, I don't think you're you're going to maybe miss out on another target uh, that you were prioritizing. I, I think it would just be a situation where uh, you get in, you, you you take the commitment if you can land it, and uh, try to figure it out. But as you mentioned any kind of positive buzz of someone saying, you know, in this class of I, I want to get on board and, and I'm, you know, he's, he's a good player. So this, this staff needs that at this point in time and carrying it over here in the next couple of weeks. I know they have a big barbecue coming up at the end of the month. Uh, they just need something to, to sway it back into the positive side and get Liddyville going again. Yeah, because uh, it's very, it's not very witty right now. They, they need to get to games, and then they need to win some games. Uh, but, yeah, July, that, that's a big month ahead for them. All right, uh, let's switch to basketball because this is where people are starting to feel really positive about this group, Derek. And uh, let's get to some news before we get into the Peach Jam portion of all of this. Uh, you reported uh, late last night or early this morning that uh, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk he is on campus um, and that he will be able to take part in the – uh, Italy practices, which start on Tuesday. Um, so he is not enrolled yet, can't participate in workouts, but an obscure NCAA thing it allows him uh, to go to Italy and uh, practice with the team. So that's pretty – I don't want to like say this is huge and that all of a sudden he's going to be an impact player, but, boy, this is a lot better than the alternative. Yeah, it's exciting. And I know the Atlanta fans – maybe expected the worst uh, out of admissions or, or that whole process when a couple of weeks ago, Brad Underwood is talking about, you know, got to wait on the clearinghouse and kind of at the mercy of what the NCAA does with, with his academic situation because he's an international student. He graduated late, literally just two weeks ago uh, from high school over there in Belgium. So to get him on campus, he, he can't participate in the summer workouts. You get four hours, up to four hours of on-court time per week, Uh, Each program gets that. But as you mentioned, because Illinois is going on the foreign trip to Italy next month, they get 10 practices, 10 team practices. And 
Uh, he will be a student in the fall. And because of that, he's going to get a chance to participate in those practices, get to go over to Italy and, and be eligible to play. So I, I think that's huge for him to really see what you got, because you look at his film and I know the competition is different. The speed of the game is different, all of that. But he looks like a good player. He, he's got some physical tools as far as, you know, he's physically strong and then also put the ball on the floor. He can shoot it. Uh, just kind of intrigued about the the package of skills that he can provide. And, and you get a chance to see that with these practices and uh, get a chance for him to play in the system and all of that. So uh, that's exciting for a team that could use another piece off the bench just as someone to contribute and, and provide something, whether it be at the three or at the four. Those are crucial positions where uh, I think your guards are solidified. I think your five spots fairly solidified. Uh, and if the boss man can show up and, and provide something, I think that helps you quite a bit. And it sounds like Bernard Kuma, nothing new there, right? They're still waiting. Yeah, at this point, still waiting. I think that it's all, as as Brad said, they're at the mercy of the process. And as soon as they get word from the clearinghouse and he goes through admissions, he'll be here as soon as possible. And they're hoping he can also uh, be in a similar situation where won't be enrolled in summer classes, but could practice and then uh, hopefully play in Italy. Uh, one more thing on the player market would be they still have that 13th scholarship open and they're hoping uh, Utah transfer Donnie Tillman, who would be a nice player for them, not this year, but the following two seasons. Um, that is, is no news. Good news, Derek. I mean, he's he's gone back home. He's gone to Vegas and uh, I haven't heard of any other visits. I know UNLV's kind of been mentioned as a possibility if uh, he and his family decide to stay out there, but it sounds like they want to move back to Michigan and Illinois certainly would fit that. So is no news, good news on that front? Yeah, I think it's kind of in the middle. I think if you're Illinois, you, you've been in situations in the past where you've hosted an official visit and you rolled out the red carpet, you made your cell, you felt good. And then as time goes by and they're not saying yes, it, it kind of gives you pause. On the other hand, even just by the nature of the recruiting calendar, no one can host him on a visit except in July, except for during eval periods. Of course, that would be this upcoming weekend. And then there's one more stretch later in July. But coaches are going to want to be out, you know, evaluating talent. And it's a rare occasion. It hasn't, you know, it's not never happened as far as bringing in uh, an official visitor during an eval period. But right now, as far as anyone knows, and as far as Donnie said to any reporters, it's Illinois and Rutgers, and he hasn't taken another visit uh, I think UNLV, we can't sleep on them yet because his mom still lives there. And I think that they maybe would have, a, if they wanted to stay there, maybe a, a hardship waiver argument as far as getting him eligible this upcoming season. But, uh, you know, everything I've heard is the visit went great with Illinois. Uh, you know, they, they have a cell. They could be close to the Midwest and all of that. So uh, really just wait and see at this point. All right, before we get into the peach jam portion of this podcast, uh, that was a lot of peas. I love my alliteration there, uh, unintentionally. Um, it was cool seeing two Illini in the NBA Summer League, Derek. Uh, doesn't mean they'll make uh, an NBA roster or not, but you know Kendrick Nunn putting up 20-plus points, Ravante Rice putting up 19 points, kind of guys that were always kind of borderline NBA prospects, you know, Malcolm Hill's kind of fit into that. I know Malcolm uh, is coming off an ACL tear, um, so he has he's kind of sidelined right now. But it was nice seeing those guys. And, you know, we've seen Brandon Paul kind of get his shot at the NBA after, after some summer league uh, sessions where he did pretty well. So I think Kendrick especially has asserted himself well, um, kind of proven himself as kind of a combo guard right now. 
Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to see those guys get that opportunity. Uh, Kendrick Nunn signing the contract with the Heat. I think it's a multi-year deal. And uh, looking at their roster and how he's playing right now, I think that he'll be uh, absolutely in contention for the roster spot, you know, playing here in the fall uh, when they get into the preseason. And, you know, obviously for Revante Rice, I I was kind of surprised to see him make a a summer league team because usually there's that three-year window where if you don't break into the league, you know, they're usually – bringing up younger talent uh, to play in the summer, in the summer league and, and try to get their crack and, and look at some other guys. But uh, Ray played in Mexico this past year for a little bit. Then I went over to Italy and had a really nice season. And uh, he played really well on Sunday night. It was fun to watch him hit threes and had a big time throwdown uh, on a back cut as well. And uh, it makes you think, of course, what Rivante and Kendrick and Malcolm could have done together potentially. But yeah. uh, just for those guys, obviously, you know, the University of Illinois basketball program would like as many representatives in the NBA. But just knowing those guys were on campus and, and, and knowing some of those guys personally, uh, it's exciting times for them. And, and hopefully they get uh, opportunities to, to hang around the NBA because that's everyone's dream. Just two very interesting figures in the John Gross era, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, like Ravante Rice, one of the best gets. Um, I, I know they could have gotten Karis LeVert with that one, but Ravante Rice was a fantastic Big Ten player. And I, it was it was always so weird, Derek, that they didn't play as well when he was on the court with Malcolm and Kendrick. I always thought that was more on Malcolm and Kendrick because um, Ray was such a good defender. His senior year especially, he was a pretty good passer. Um, but Kendrick, obviously, we saw as a freshman that, man, this guy could be the face of the team, wearing 25 out of Simeon. And obviously it didn't end well, but we always saw the talent and, and that he could carry him. And, and you always it's kind of a what-if game with Kendrick that if he didn't do what he did off the court, uh, would him, him and Malcolm probably would have made an NCAA tournament. And is John Gross still here? Um, it's one of those many what-ifs with the John Gross era. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that it's hard not to think about the untapped potential. And Ray, you know, as a senior, I think about that game at Purdue where he was really the one man show keeping you in it. And you needed that game uh, to be a tournament team. And and Rivante can't argue with the production. I know that he, you know, he broke the hand and then he had a situation where he got suspended for a couple of games, but he shot over 40 percent from three. Someone that never really questioned, you know, his will to win and will to defend. And then Kendrick could obviously score with the best of them. Great lefty stroke. And uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, him and Malcolm that senior year, uh, it would have seemed like that's what Malcolm would have needed in a sidekick uh, as far as pushing Illinois over the edge. Uh, Would Illinois fans still want, you know, John being around after that? I mean, it's hard to you can get into what ifs, and then you're getting into the Jeremiah Tillman what ifs. It's it's kind of a fun game, funny game to play, fun game to play. But uh, yeah, both those guys had their moments uh, at Illinois, and, and definitely very talented players. Boy, you got me going down the rabbit hole now, Derek. <laughs> a team with those guys, Jeremiah Tillman's here. It, it would have been very interesting. It's a it's a different uh, different possibility for Illinois. I don't know if it would have been better. All right, when we come back, let's get peachy, Derek. Let's preview uh, the Peach Jam, why it's important, and what we should look for with Illinois. That's next after this quick break. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Peach Jam is what, Derek? Why is Peach Jam such a big deal? It's the most exciting time. Uh, I'm getting into Christmas, Carol. The most exciting time of the year. But uh, no, it's the best time for for AAU. It's the prime time as far as you know in the UIBL. This is they play the regular season in the spring, and now you get your chance to to make a run at at winning the title, and and that's big for you know programs, bragging rights, and and just reputation and all that's on the big stage. Uh, they got a great arena and setup down there, and North Augusta, South Carolina, where you get a lot of it starts to get some more national attention. That's not to say that the EYBL doesn't uh, any other time, but uh, it's just the best of the best in the EYBL, which is the best AAU league out there. You got a ton of, you know, countless high major players, a handful of pros every single year as far as future pros. Uh, And it's just exciting to to see great basketball because I think. Uh, there's still some people out there who will give AAU a bad rap and, and maybe complain about, you know, whatever they don't like about basketball is AAU's fault. But uh, you go to a Peach Jam and I, I challenge you to then have some of those complaints about the EYBL because it's pretty exciting. So uh, getting down there with all those players and, of course, the coaches, too, is, is a big factor for them uh, where they're making their final evals until they go into a huge fall recruiting period, official visits and all of that. So. Uh, it's kind of a combination of everything where uh, rankings get decided there, you know, final recruiting boards get decided there. And then also uh, this is about the time where those kids start to narrow down their lists and decide when they want to go on official visits. So uh, it's a pretty exciting time to, to close out the summer uh, and then get into a big fall recruiting period. What's it like for a reporter there, Derek? It's exciting. Uh, I, I love the dynamic of being so close to the coaches uh, throughout the years, you've gotten a chance to sit, you know, literally right next to them uh, as they're watching the game and taking it in and you're having conversations or you're, you're listening to the conversations that they're having, you know, and it's, there's funny dynamics as far as rivalry. Uh, you know, I always remember Travis Ford and Jamal Walker walking by each other, the only ones in the gym at 8 a.m. game. And it was right after the, yeah, the Jordan Goodwin stuff. And of course you had the Juwan Evans in the past. So you have some of that where some coaches don't like each other. And then you'd be surprised uh, on some other ones of who's yucking it up and uh, having some fun conversations. Uh, but, you know, last year I was standing next to Brad Underwood and Mark Few at a Mac Irvin fire game. And, and they're talking, you know, they're talking the game on the court. They're also cracking jokes at each other. So uh, you run into a lot of that. And then also, you know, another fun dynamic for me is talking to the players, guys that you've developed a long relationship with, probably dating back before this past year. Uh, and this is really their their last go around in the AAU scene. So uh, that's always kind of fun to kind of see the transformation. And, and then, yeah, it's kind of a, a launching pad for where, who they're going to be in college. And uh, that all just kind of comes to a culmination. So it's pretty fun. The new recruiting calendar, Derek, uh, has changed a lot of things, but uh, th- this was kind of left alone. 
Um, does it change? Do you think this will change anything about Peach Jam, or um, does the recruited calendar not have any effect on this? Well, it was a big thing for, to be preserved. It, it was something that college coaches wanted. Is something that you know the reporters, everybody in the industry, and then of course the shoe brand companies wanted to preserve it because it's a, a big money maker for them. So you have Peach Jam going on. Uh, you also have Adidas going on in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Under Armour is having their finals in Atlanta. So, uh, but Peach Jam, of course, is, is the best of the best. But uh, there used to be three eval periods, all AAU uh, centric in July, uh, with Vegas being the last one. And that was always a big, big deal. Of course, then you have the FBI findings and you're hearing wiretaps from Vegas hotels. And uh, yeah, surprised that some dirty stuff was going on in Vegas hotels. But, uh, you know, this really will still be the same. I think uh, there are now just two eval periods in July. One will be Peach Jam, Adidas, Under Armour, and then the other one will be uh, the NCAA camps. One will be at the University of Illinois later in the month. So uh, there'll be more of an emphasis, I think, to get around. It'll be easier for coaches to see multiple targets at once. Uh, so that kind of adds an emphasis to it. But at the same time, the great thing about it is it gets to preserve what's really the best AAU weekend uh, of the year. Derek, what are we expecting out of that camp at Illinois? Like, do, do we expect top prospects to be there? I mean, what's that going to look like? Uh, we're hoping so. I, I think that it may, as far as getting name players there and, and players that are high, high major and ones that'll matter, I, I think maybe the younger classes, based on the feed, the early feedback I've heard, the younger classes is probably more of a guarantee. Maybe some of those higher profile, you know, the DJ Stewards, Adam Millers, those guys may decline invites or may not just take the weekend, you know, the week off because, you know, they've been playing all summer long. Uh, based on what I've heard so far is it, it sounds like some of those top level players in 2020 may not be there, but some 2021s and uh, some of that. So I, I'll be interested to see what the roster looks like and, and how much value it really will have for, for Illinois. I think that low major, mid major, they'll love it because they'll get a chance to see maybe a, a wider range of their kind of talent and, and their targets that they should be spending time on. But uh, it still remains to be seen uh, how much value that would really have for Illinois. But it'll be really cool to to have all those coaches coming in Champaign and and being you know at those venues and 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 watching those players. All right, Derek, my biggest storyline of, of Peach Jam is the Mac is back, man. Uh, Mac yeah. River Fire, it's first time you told me since 2015. And uh, I think that shows that uh, Mac River Fire's got the talent reloaded here. We, we know Adam Miller's been a big part of that the last couple of years. Io DeSumo uh, obviously was a part of that program as well. Uh, but th- this is their best program in a long time. And boy, it's loaded with Illinois prospects. You hope they don't play too well, I guess. Um, at <laughs> Jam. But uh, I think it, it's a good thing to have a good relationship with this program right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and it is it's crazy that it's been this long. This is not a program that's lacked talent. You know, they had Cleo Whitney last year, the year before that they had IO and THT. Uh, I remember watching a team that had Justin Smith and, and DeMonte Williams and Jordan Poole. Uh, we're talking about multiple, you know, big 10 players or high major players they've had before. And uh, it's really been since Charlie Moore and Zach Norvell, where they were even at peach jam. Uh, and this is one of the, pro, you know, prominent prolific AU programs out there, especially in the Midwest. They've, you know, they've had Cliff Alexander, Jabari Parker uh, in the past. But yeah, uh, I think 
it, it's been a combination of having more depth. Uh, also, you know, it doesn't hurt that Ryan Kalkbrenner's in the middle. He was the defensive player of the year in the EYBL uh, this past year, leading the league in blocks. Uh, you kind of got a great mix of talent. Adam Miller playing combo guard can obviously score with the best of them. Marcus Watson at Morgan Park, his teammate, led the league in assists. Uh, and then you have a stud in Michael Foster Jr. from Milwaukee who uh, visited Champaign a couple weeks ago, and, and he's going to be surefire NBA talent, You know, already a top five uh, player in 2021. So you throw all that together, and it's been really exciting uh, for that program. And then, of course, for Illinois with their connections to uh, the Irvins and, and all those guys specifically, uh, that's a nice relationship for them to have, and, and it really gives you an opportunity to to capitalize on that uh, this fall and, and the fall after that. Yeah, I mean, Miller and Calcrit are obviously two of the top priorities. I don't know if you want to say top three or four or whatever it is, but two of the top priorities in this class, and of course, Marcus Watson and those other guys. It's nice to get them all in, in one, but t- tell me what it looks like when uh, college coaches are stalking their top prospects, Derek, because that's the only way I can describe it, right? Is they're, they're, pre- they're pretty much stalking these guys. That, that's what it is, uh, you know, probably to an extent that they would even admit they don't want to do, but they, they kind of got to, uh, you know, you're not going to see a game where Chen Coleman's not at a Mac Irvin fire game. I think you can probably even say you're not going to see a game where Brad Underwood's not there unless he may take a day or half a day to go over to Adidas and make sure that Andre Curbelo uh, knows that Brad Underwood is, is on the sideline. So there's an interesting dynamic there where you, you have high major, you know, your high priorities playing at the same time. You may have DJ Stewart on one court, Mac Irvin fire on another, and then, over in Birmingham, which of course is an easy trip or flight or whatever you want to call it for for Underwood, uh, over in Alabama, where you see, you know, where are you at with those those games, and, and how are you balancing? Okay, I've seen three Matt Irvin games. I got to go see DJ. Uh, I got to split courts. And that's another thing where coaches there, there's a, a liner between the courts, and, and one of the prime real estates is, is a seat right there where it breaks. So you can kind of get a peek at both games and uh, you can text both players afterwards and say, I saw your full game. This is what you did. This is what I think. And, and you really got the, the eval on both of them. So uh, it, it's pretty funny to see, you know, and it's a, it's a rush for coaches to have to get around and, and be seen, but uh, that's part of what makes it fun and, and, and just part of the job description, I guess. I, I talked with uh, Joe Henderson, who I know we both really respect and uh, knows as much as anybody. Um, he thinks Illinois is sitting really good with Adam Miller. That he thinks they've done well with with Ryan Kalkbrenner. Um, I, I don't know if much is going to change with Miller unless some big blue blood comes along and, and really prioritizes him, Derek. But Kalkbrenner sure is blown up, and, and boy, that looks pretty good for Illinois uh, as an eval. Uh, and he seems like such a great fit. I mean. I, I think of him and, and, and Matt Harms, the player I love at Purdue, and just the impact he makes with his quickness, his, his length, of course, his, his shot blocking and, and defensive potential. Uh, but he's also blown up with a lot of offers, so uh, that, that means a lot more competition. What do you make of those two right now? Yeah, Adam Miller, uh, I would have to agree with you know with Joe, and I, I put a crystal ball pick in for both of those guys uh, for Illinois. Uh, but I think Illinois has done a fantastic job with Adam Miller. Uh, that they really, I just think last summer, I remember talking to Adam, you know, at, at the Peach Invitational uh, down there in Augusta, and he was saying that it was essentially an Illinois and Kansas battle, and it'd be fun to see a year from now, you know, kind of how those stacked up. And he was making jokes about Chin and 
uh, Jaron's Howard having to box it out. But uh, those two have kind of trended in opposite directions ever since then uh, in this recruitment. Uh, you know, Illinois with Io, with what they were able to show Adam uh, as far as, you know, this is the blueprint and, and Io's going to leave uh, most likely after this season. Uh, kind of gives you the stage to come and be in the same guy. And uh, I also think staying close to home, you know, with his mom now up in, you know, was in Peoria, now up in Chicago with him, uh, that's important to him. So I just don't really see, I know Louisville's in there, uh, Arizona State's in there. I just don't really, can't really point on another one that seems like they're really that close uh, with Illinois. And things can change because if he goes crazy at Peach Jam and, you know, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, they've all been, you know, close or paying attention. Uh, to to Adam Miller and they're always lurking. So if that happens, obviously that would be something Illinois preferred didn't. But uh, right now Illinois is doing a great job with Ryan. Kind of similar, you know, the first high major offer was really made a great eval. Jamal Walker saw him in the state playoffs, got him on campus. He's been on campus twice. Uh, the fact that you know they have the high academic side, they have the the fit side as far as we need a rim protector so badly to play this defense that we play. Uh, he can. He's mobile. They think he has offensive upside, uh, and then also the Trinity Catholic, you know, factor. The fact that he knows some of those football guys. I know that he was on his visit in June, and Shimon Cooper and Isaiah Williams came over to Oven to make sure they, you know, that they got a chance to talk to him and could help in whatever the way they could. So I just think so many things stack up for Illinois on that side. And, and one note I should say is is Ryan was supposed to take an official visit to Stanford this past month. That didn't happen. He got sick. Uh, I think Stanford and Illinois are probably – Stanford's probably the biggest threat to Illinois at this moment. I know Ohio State and Purdue have offered as well, but uh, I still think Illinois is in the best shape uh, with that one as well. Yeah, by the way, um, Isaiah Williams, great football player. He's also a decent basketball player, quick uh, point guard for Trinity Catholic. So he, he knows Ryan here uh, pretty well. So anything that can help you. Uh, DJ Stewart will be playing with Mean Streets there. Um, also top targets, top 40 guys, Namari Burnett, Addison Patterson. A- anything quickly you want to hit on with those guys, Derek? I, I will see with DJ and Namari uh, if it's a Khalil Whitney situation. They're kind of both those fringe five star that, you know, just on the outside in that top 30 range. If one of them just goes completely crazy, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a blue blood pops up and says, you know, we really want this kid. And that could really change things. Uh, of course, both will still be tough for Illinois. With DJ, you have Louisville and Texas, both places that he visited in June, along with Illinois. Uh, those will be tough competition. Namari, you've got a lot of suitors involved, and he's not really in a rush to to narrow anything down. Uh, Kentucky was watching him closely in the spring. Maybe they're one of the ones that that pulls the trigger. But uh, with Namari, you're kind of waiting to see. Uh, hopefully, having a really good season for Illinois. Uh, Io going to the draft and then kind of selling him on that. DJ, he's going to make his decision in the fall. So I think I I would look at both of those. And if you're Illinois, you want him to play well for you know just so they're happy and doing well, but at the same time, don't play too well because uh, things can shut down quickly, as we saw with Cleo Whitney when it's a Kentucky or North Carolina or Duke uh, that jumps on board the offer. Uh, you mentioned Adidas, Derek, uh, which is just on the road, and uh, two guys they'll be going after there. Coleman Hawkins an interesting name. But Andre Curbelo is, is one of the more interesting prospects, I think, because his offer list seems like, you know, Illinois and the relationship Orlando Antigua has out there with that program, like they could do really well. And he just seems to fit. Like even if they get Adam Miller, uh, Curbelo seems like that tough-nosed, 
Andres Feliz, you know, kind of protege, right? Like yep. uh, he se- he seems to fit that mold well of, you know, Adam Miller, kind of your go get a bucket guy, but Andre Curbelo, just that, that toughness guy that Brad Underwood really loves. Absolutely. And, and he does fit the profile of an Andres Feliz, another international product. Uh, you know, he played on the, he just got done playing with the national team in Puerto Rico uh, over in Greece. Uh, of course, Orlando Antigua has connections both to the Dominican Republic, which is where Andres Feliz is from, and also Puerto Rico, which is where Carbello's from. Orlando's worked that for a long time. Uh, and then fit-wise, he, he's, as you mentioned, really, really tough point guard, great IQ, fantastic passer, uh, can definitely score it when he, when he needs to, but he's a pure point guard. Adam's more of a combo, and we've seen his staff prefers to play multiple point guards. Uh, but they'd really like, you know, you see a score like a Trent Frazier uh, or even an Ayo Desumu, and you want someone who, who can do some of those other things that you need at the point guard position. I think Curbelo can do that, and, and he's a really high priority. Uh, you know, Orlando's tracked him throughout the spring. You know, Underwood saw him in the spring as well. They visited him a number of times. Orlando was there in Greece to see him uh, at the FIBA event, so – uh, he's kind of maybe not talked about enough. And as you mentioned with suitors, I know Louisville's in there, St. John's is in there, uh, but Illinois put themselves in a position to definitely get an official visit. And if you can sell him on, you know, playing in that system with another point card like Adam, that would be a, a big time get. Cause he's also a top 100 guy. And if you bring in two top 100 point guards, that's uh, makes you feel a lot better about losing, you know, IO and, and Andres after this season. Derek, every once in a while in, the, in this business, we we hit, uh, we we can evaluate too. And uh, I got to give you credit, your boy Bryce Hopkins. You've been loving him for a while, uh, and he's blowing up this summer. And and he'll be playing a, a part of an undefeated team, right? Like um, this guy's really blowing up, but it seems like Illinois has at least entrenched themselves there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's playing on the 16U circuit. He'll be at Peach Jam trying to win the title there. Mocan Elite. They haven't lost a game all spring. I think he told me they're either 16 and 0 or 19 and 0, something crazy like that. He's been a big reason why I know that he once again played really well at the RB shootout earlier this month. And I got, you know, it seemed like half the big 10 offered him after that, but uh, Illinois got in early with the offer back in December. They've had him on campus for a game. Uh, It's good that they have a family tie. His his sister did grad school at the university of Illinois, but uh, as far, I love, you know, he's a big body forward, versatile. He's strong. He can shoot the three. He's kind of a, you know, between a Taylor Horton Tucker and a, a Malcolm Hill, I've, I've heard uh, Paul Pierce type. It's just it's fun to watch him. His body's developing, his game's developing. There's no doubt in my mind he's a top 100 player. You know whether whenever they want to update that and insert that in there, but uh, yeah, I, I like to lay claim on a, a couple guys here and there, and uh, I've hitched my wagon to Bryce Hopkins, and it seems to be going in the right direction. Yeah, we talk about those more than the ones we miss. By the way. <laughs> right. All right. When we come back, we, we got uh, our listeners involved, and we appreciate that. We got a mailbag. I'm going to hit on about probably about 10 questions here that uh, have some good topics. Uh, one of them being uh, can one of the more intriguing players on, on the Illini roster going into 2019-20, uh, and a couple people asked about him. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Italy trip as well. We'll do that after a quick break. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, let's get the listeners involved with our mailbag portion of the podcast before we wrap this thing up. Uh, and Derek, let's start with UI Hoops Recruit, which, by the way, uh, I don't know if I've seen anyone as organized as him with where the staff is, every single target. Like, you know, we, we're we probably into this pretty much, Derek, but uh, UI Hoops Recruit does a pretty fantastic job of keeping track of all this stuff. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I would recommend the follow on Twitter for him and uh... – yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I find myself where he's a little more prepared than I am, or at least before I am, as far as you know, tracking where all the targets are going to be and uh, does a good job as far as keeping people informed on on who the staff is paying attention to, for sure. Yeah, it's like uh, he's obsessed with this stuff. But who do you expect the staff, he asked, to be following a lot closer than they had in the previous eval period? So maybe a guy um, that, that's come up on the radar, a newer target. Yeah, I think some of these new point guard targets who they, who they offered in the last month, because uh, I know that a lot of fans have have wanted to see Illinois push hard for Marcus Watson. He, he was planning to come to Champaign this past month. It didn't work out. Uh, I'm not saying that that maybe indicates Illinois cool on him. I know that they're really high as, uh, on his abilities on the court, uh, but they've also extended some offers. Hassan Diara, top 100 point guard from the Bronx. Uh, it's Brian Snow, national guy, 24-7, has described him as one of the toughest point guards in the country. He's known for his on-ball defense. He can also score. Again, that kind of goes in line a little bit with Curbelo as far as a fit, you know, uh, you know, a dog at the point guard position who can defend and is, is really tough. Uh, I think they like him a lot, and they're going to – you know, his recruitment really wasn't that far advanced when they offered him a couple weeks ago. So they're going to try to throw their hat in the ring and, and see if they can be a player there also – Shaquille Moore is another point guard, another one of those smaller guards, uh, plays for Team CP3. They'll be watching him uh, out of Peach Jam. And they're not quite done with R.J. Davis either. And I know that maybe it's too late and they haven't shown him enough love because they've been so focused on Adam Miller and, and D.J. Stewart and Curbelo. But uh, he went to the same high school as, as Alan Griffin, had a really good spring, uh, a combo guard, point guard type, who Illinois is, is still working on. And Orlando Antigua is trying to make sure Illinois – uh, is still in the mix there. So I think those three guys, in addition, they'll still watch Marcus Watson a lot, but I think that they're definitely going to eval that position really hard throughout the next couple of weeks because they, they want to have it right as far as, you know, we know our tier A, but who's our tier B? Uh, we need to come away with the pure point guard and at least one combo guard, if not two. Uh, another good question, Illini Dave, 34. Will Underwood make it three for three with another five-star in next year's class? Uh, just because I'm anal you know, about this stuff, Derek. Uh, Iowa was not a consensus five-star. Uh, right. He was 24-7. He was right outside for the uh, composite rankings. Kofi was not a five-star, I don't think, anywhere. 
Um, but basically those guys are four and a half stars, right? Like if we want to call them, like they're four and a half borderline five stars and, and they're seem to be pretty good with Adam Miller. Who's basically right there. He's number 29 in the composite. Uh, he's 20, uh, 32, uh, in, in the, uh, 24 seven ranking. So yeah, I mean, these would be top 40, top 50 guys that Illinois really has struggled to get before, but, um, Miller would probably be the best bet. And I, I think we both feel pretty good about their chances to go three for three with top 50 guys at least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've got the crystal ball in. Uh, so hopefully as far as I know, I can change it. But right now I have no reason to. So I would say that I do believe that, yeah, they'll, they'll hit on another one of those in that top 50 range for sure. Uh, I get the question all the time too, Derek. Uh, DJ Stewart's in that realm that we're talking about. Um, if for whatever reason Miller went elsewhere, um, do you think that improved their chances at, at Stewart? And and so many people ask me, will they play together? I said, listen, just get one of them. <laughs> get, get one. And then we can talk about that. Yeah, it would be, I think both of them, as far as, you know, I've interviewed them both a ton over the last you know year and a half or whatever it may be. And they're friends. Uh, they have said in the past that they would be interested in playing together. It's something that they have discussed at one point or another. Uh, of course, things change and situations can change over time. And uh, players want to make sure they're featured and, and get a chance to, you know, to be the guy or, or to be someone that gets the ball in their hands enough. So, uh, I, I think over the spring and up to this point, I've kind of thought that one is more likely than none and one is more likely than both. Uh, if Adam doesn't end up at uh, Illinois, does that improve DJ's chances? Maybe. I, I don't know. DJ has talked about needing to play point guard you know, for the next level. A lot of guys, a lot of guards talk about that. I, Illinois' response is, well, we play – multiple point guards. Adam will be part of that. Trent Frazier will be part of that, you know, staying for his senior year. So uh, I think it's possible, but just, you know, knowing, you know, the odds in general of landing two top 50 guys and, and you have the competition more so with DJ because the Texas is strong. Louisville is pretty strong. Uh, I would say that more likely than not, you don't get both. I don't think it's impossible, but uh, there, I think there is a little bit of a dynamic there where, it might it might deter one of them down the road, but we'll have to see. Uh, we'll see here in a couple of months. Yeah, I, I think you'd probably got to prove more to sell two guys on it too. Um, just just being realistic about it. All right, Jake asks, any updates on Nabari Burnett's recruitment? Is it realistic, Elon? I can snag him. I, I don't think it should be the expectation, but there is at least a connection, Derek. Where it seems like he'll show him at least some interest, but I, it, it doesn't seem like, hey, yeah, Illinois the leader or anything like that for him. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're in the mix. Uh, they, they've definitely put in the effort. Uh, Chen Coleman made multiple trips out to California during the high school season to see him at prolific prep. They watched him a lot during the spring. Uh, he's taken a lot of visits unofficially, has a lot of different options and suitors. Arizona's in there. As I mentioned before, Kentucky has shown interest. He's got blue bud potential. I think if he blows up here and he also wants to wait until the spring, which also can open up some other options, uh, so Illinois is really just trying to sell him on winning this season. You know, maybe, you know, he's boys with Adam and DJ both being someone that's from Chicago. So if you get one of those guys on board, maybe have that guy get in his ear. And then also uh, he likes Io. He, he likes what Io has been able to do. He sees the stage. I think that's helped Illinois. Uh, but there's, as you mentioned, there's, there's no way of saying Illinois is a major player or anything like that at this point in time, they're in the mix. And, and I think they will stay involved throughout this and, I love to see how it shapes up going into the spring. Uh, we had another one that um, Sebastian said over under on expected wins for this season. Uh, I'm guessing there's what 30, 
34 games or something like that, 33 games. 19 and a half, Derek, be – I, I know a lot of fans would want higher, maybe 20 and a half. Is that, is that a good over or under? What would you put the over or under at? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't, cause I don't think the, the non-conference is going to be too daunting. Uh, I think uh, you're, you're hoping to come out, you know, I think last year's are 13 non-conference games or something like that. Uh, you know, Arizona of course is going to be tough. Uh, there's another, you know, potential to drop another one. Uh, but you're hoping to have, you know, 11, maybe even, you know, if you're being optimistic, 12 wins coming out of non-conference. And then if you go, uh, 12 is probably a little too high maybe. But, uh, yeah, I would say. And then if you're trying to be in the upper echelon of the Big Ten, you got to at least be 500, right? 10 wins, 10 and 10 or, or 11 and 9. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say some combination of 20 and a half, 21, uh, because of that, I think that non-conference where it's a lot more favorable is, is really going to give you an opportunity to stack some wins and get into past that 20 threshold. Uh, of course, you'll need quality wins to get in the tournament, but at 21, 22 is probably the baseline, I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the Big Ten last year. Wisconsin, 23 and 11 was a five seed. Maryland 23 and 11 was a six seed. I, I think the number of games now is it's kind of skewed people. It used to be like 20 wins. You're definitely in the NCAA tournament and, and you might be actually a high seed. Um, Iowa was a 10 seed at 23 and 12. Minnesota 22 and 14. Ohio State 20 and 15. So I, I think, you know, that number last year was kind of 20, 21 wins gets you into the tournament. And I think that's around, that's why I kind of came up with that 20 and a half. I think most outsiders would say that is pretty almost optimistic for Illinois, sure. but I think us here would probably say, you know, 20 and a half. And I bet you could get some Illinois fans to take the over at 21 and a half. Yeah, I think so. And it'll be interesting if some of these other big 10 programs who lose a lot, if they really are down and it's a down league, then all of a sudden that number goes up where you're going to have to have, you know, 23, 24 and make sure you're not losing to, you know, teams that aren't going to be tournament teams. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of throughout the league where there's been attrition and, and, top level players have left if those teams are down you know Wisconsin example you can go on down the list if those teams are down you got to be able to beat them and uh, not have bad losses on your resume uh Josh asks us Derek any central or southern Illinois players on the radar um I, I won't even say for Illinois but just you know uh, for maybe high major or even mid-major interest yeah two come to mind Tevin Smith of course from Danville who, who's already gotten an offer from Oregon uh, we've talked on a previous podcast that I think Illinois should jump in there with an offer. They, they probably had the, the benefit of waiting in a little bit longer. And also he's been out with an ACL injury, so hasn't been playing on the AAU circuit. Uh, so I'm sure they still have time to evaluate that one. And then uh, Khalil Terry from Central, Champaign Central. It'll be interesting to see if he grows more because if I'm not mistaken, he's about 6'4", 6'5", uh, freakish athlete. But he's kind of – I don't know how much of a jump shot he has at this point. Uh, he would either need to, you know, be in that six, 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 seven range, or really develop the perimeter skills and the jumper to be surefire high major. Of course, mid major would probably be all over that, but uh, those are the two that that come to mind off off the top. All right, next question. We got two of them. Jack asked, "What can we expect from Kipper this year, if anything?" And Arwal asked, "Will Kipper have a bounce back year?" This is probably the most difficult question of any <laughs> that we can get on this. And my answer would be. What? I don't have any expectation because I mean, anytime you set an expectation for Kipper Nichols, he either he just blows it away or just completely underperforms it. I don't think I've seen a player look like a potential future All Big Ten player and then just disappear like he did last year, Derek. I mean, ten points a game is a 
as a sophomore to 5.7 last year on a team that needed him probably even more. Uh, his percentages dropped drop three point from 38 to 22 free throw to me. And that, that to Brad Underwood is always mental, which I, I think this all is for him. Dropped from 86% to 58%. I mean, if we set a stat line, would seven points, three rebound, like, is, is that a, a realistic expectation? Or <laughs> how do I even do that? I don't even know what to say with Kipper Nichols anymore. I think the, the line is, I don't know what to say. I, I you know, it's tough. I, I think that you're hoping he's just someone that, you know, ideally he, he's a, a major piece on your team, of course. But if he is just someone off the bench who can give you, yeah, seven points, you know, three and a half rebounds. It's hard to get into the numbers with Kipper. He just he's one. He's going to be, you know, obviously one of the biggest mysteries going into the season. Uh, but one of the players with the most intrigue going to the Italy trip uh, of just how he looks. And even then, if he plays well, some fans will be skeptical or, or not buy in too much. And it's interesting of, of where to where to go with that one because the coaching staff is staying pretty quiet on him, just letting him do his thing. And you're hoping that the mental reset just kind of helps him because he was mentally shot, confidence was shot. Uh, he has the physical attributes. Uh, he has the ability. He showed it in the Big Ten. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody knows. I, I don't know if you know the people that are around Kipper every day know what they're going to get out of him this season. And uh, just for his sake, you're hoping that he goes out on a, on a good note uh, because he's definitely loved in that locker room and someone that stuck it out at Illinois, but uh, yeah, that he has the ability to do it, but just as far as a consistent basis or even where he's going to be coming off of last season, uh, I don't know if anybody has a good answer. Yeah. And I, I know Brad Underwood thinks, thinks that he's a great kid, right? But it's also like, I, I know he's got to be maddening for Brad who all he wants is consistency and toughness. And those are two things that Kipper obviously struggles with, but they still don't have anybody like him on the roster, right? Like Tevian Jones, we, we think can be awesome um, eventually and has a great upside. Uh, still don't know what he's got uh, consistently. And, and Alan Griffin, I know we both like, but um, Kipper can still be like, that's what makes him so intriguing going into the season is they still could really use a player like him what his upside, right? We, we've seen that upside at times, and that would just be the, maybe the final piece of the puzzle there for him. Yeah, really. That, that, that's it right there. And it doesn't, he doesn't even have to be someone that you rely on for a, a ton of point production. It's someone that has played in the physical Big Ten who has, you know, rebounded and had to play against physical fours. And if he can just go in and defend and, and, and rebound and kind of just be a, an effort guy, which I know that that's one of his things is consistency as far as being locked in with the effort piece. And, but really it's just him to, if you can get him to play hard, I think with Kipper, he worried a lot about his shot and you had the mechanics of it and tried to rework all that. And uh, if you could just somehow get him to be like, you know what, your last season play free and easy, try to have some fun or win some games, just go in there and play as hard as you can when you're on the floor. And I think some good things would happen for him, even if it's not, you know, hitting the 20 plus threshold that he has as far as points in the past. But, uh, you know, he can do some of those things. You know, Tevian Jones are hoping he can play some four, but he hasn't done it. He, he hasn't had to do that for major minutes going up against uh, some starting fours in the Big Ten. Kipper has and and hopefully that experience, you know, for Illinois sake that they're going to need that. Uh, Luke asked a question, kind of follow ups uh, to this rank expected minutes played next year. Kipper. Bossman, uh, Samba, and Kuma. 
I would go Kipper undoubtedly number one. Yeah. I'd go Kuma undoubtedly last. Samba or Verdonk for the second on that list, Eric? Mm, I'm leaning right now on Samba. And it, it's funny. Uh, you, you talk to people around the sta- the program and, and people who are on staff and you ask, you know, you, you try to ask as many questions, you know, how are workouts going or just try to get as much tidbits as you can. And you do have to be skeptical because, you know, everything's always great in the summer for the most part. But uh, one of the first names that has been coming up recently is Samba, is Samba Kane. And uh, they, they just think he's a different player as far as confidence and, uh, they think he's taken a real tangible step forward uh, with just the mental aspect of the game and understanding where to be, when to be, how he's supposed to prepare, and you know, just all of that that's really important going from freshman year to sophomore year was such an adjustment period for him. Uh, and you're hoping that that can be sustainable because I think he's another piece that you don't really have as a long athletic rim running, but also rim protecting five. He's your, he's your best shot blocker on the roster. And if he can give you anywhere between, you know, seven to 10 minutes a game and come in and block some shots and, and run the floor and transition, that'd be really good value to have at the five. So uh, right now I'd put Samba at number two. Uh, another question we had uh, here, Derek, is Drew said the Matitz award this season goes to, and he means the crush favorite. I'm just going to assume this goes to Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, just because foreign-born, yep. great name, um, probably won't play a lot, I don't think, but maybe, maybe we'll be surprised. I guess Georgie was that last year. Just keep the foreign-born thing going. I mean, they've, they've all kind of gone towards that. Yeah, foreign with a great nickname. You had, you had Teets, yep. and now you have the boss man. So uh, boss man a little bit more impressive physically, uh, at least with the muscles and, and being ready for the Big Ten. But he's he would be my vote as well. It would be interesting if it swings – Back to, uh, I don't know if it ever was there, but it could go to the natural route of the walk-on with Tyler Underwood. Uh, I think he could have a, uh, I don't know, a rebirth with, with the crush if his role is Illinois up and winning games, and then you throw in Tyler Underwood, which we'll still have to see how that plays out. But usually you're supposed to, you know, the crush is happy when, when that happens. Of course, we haven't experienced that uh, in recent seasons. Yeah, and, and too bad for Tyler. I just think being the coach's son works against you. It's yep. <laughs> like did last year with the fan base when when he got into games. Uh, Kyle said, if you could dunk on one player in basketball history, who are you dunking on, Derek? I got my answer. Aaron Kraft. <laughs> I was never, never an Aaron Kraft fan. Didn't have help that uh, my fiance, you know, liked to, liked to Aaron Kraft and liked to cheer for Ohio State basketball back then. And uh, so I, I developed a little bit of a – a slight towards Aaron Kraft. I think it'd be funny to, or fun to, to dunk on him. She likes the rosy cheeks, huh? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my own Kembe, man. The Kembe Matombo. You get one on him. You get a poster on him. That's, that's like a career defining moment. Like I could go like Boban there or something like that, but uh, I think it's better than uh, probably the best shot blocker of all time. Yeah. You, you got one that would actually be impressive. I don't know if anybody would be impressed with me dunking on Aaron Kraft, but I think just personally, I would take a lot of uh, excitement in that. At 5'9 and unathletic, I think just dunking in general would be pretty impressive for me. Uh, Jackson said, uh, is the Italy trip a good idea? What about injuries? Coach Calipari did a similar foreign trip, and injuries became an issue. Italy could be an adjustment. 
Uh, I'll say there, and I'm, I don't want to steal your thunder, but Brad Underwood has kind of scaled back practice here. They could go four hours with guys. They've gone three. Um, he's kind of aware of this. But, boy, if you get ten extra practices with a team that you think can be needs the, needs the time but also the chemistry you want to go into a huge season for your program, I, I don't really see this as – uh, a negative. I, I jump at this opportunity. Now, if an injury happens, maybe you'll regret it, but you can't go into it thinking that way. No, you can't. And I, I know that there are going to be the fans who are always just expecting the worst. And we, of course, had the last foreign trip where the Darius Paul situation that, that came out of that. And it, it turned out to be a net negative maybe, but there's so much value potential in this trip for for this team. You know, just as you mentioned, the chemistry, uh, you know, just a, a young team still that is is finding their way to the system and how to play together and getting the confidence of, of who they can be this season. And, and yeah, injuries are going to happen at, at different points, but you can't, you can't shy away from taking this kind of opportunity because of the injuries. Cause that could happen anytime. It doesn't have to be on, on a foreign trip. It could be in practice. We've seen non-contract contact season ending stuff with Tracy Abrams and, and on down the line, unfortunate stuff for Illinois, but uh, yeah, this one in Italy uh, has a lot of potential value for this program. Uh, Dave asks, in my estimation, is it a good thing? Um, it is a good thing that there's been continuity with the men's basketball coaching staff. Are you aware of their current contract details, both term and salary? Um, they're one of the highest paid, um, and uh, all these guys are under contract for – it's usually just a, a year, and then they roll over, uh, so basically two-year contracts with these guys. So um, I think I want to hit on his question because so many people have asked about, like, you know, Jamal Walker and recruiting hasn't hit on his big guys or whatever, but I think this is kind of the year where we find out, Eric, right? Like, how are they recruiting the class of 2020? How's it go there? And just how do they coach and develop the guys that they've brought in already? Like, um, this will be their their third class and, and kind of like football, you want to see a big step forward, but basketball, it can, it can go a little quicker. So they spend a lot of money on the staff, and I think this is kind of a big year to show what they're made of. Yeah, definitely. And I think one one aspect that some people pay, probably don't pay attention to is just the group effort and, and the recruiting side. And then also uh, we're going to find out now with, with a new staff, you don't right away get to see player development. Uh, but that's something that now going into year three of a, of a coaching staff's tenure, you can kind of notice and see as far as, uh, you know, who's gotten better, what positions and all of that. So uh, I think Inside the, you know, the coaching offices, they feel pretty good. Brad Underwood feels good about his staff and uh, likes the collection. I know that Jamal is an easy target uh, for some misses that Illinois has had. You know, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily Jamal's fault uh, down around the St. Louis area. But uh, I think it's a good thing. I think this staff is starting to to you know, feel more comfortable with each other, uh, you know, going into a year three and they have a good feel, the The team has a good feel. And, and yeah, now it's, it's a prove it time for everybody uh, over there in that program. And uh, definitely the assistant coaches are, are a big part of that. Yeah. Big dynamic here is these guys had never coached together before they, Brad and who got them together. Um, so it feels like they were feeling each other out at the beginning too. All right. Last one, then we'll wrap this up. Which line I grad this from Connor has the best shot to make an NBA roster next year. We talked about this a little at the start of the show. None, Rice, or any other dudes in the summer league. There aren't. Um, I, I think it's Kendrick Nunn. I think he showed out really well uh, in the uh, G League last year. Averaged, what, 18, 19 points a game for the Warriors G League team. He's a lefty, and he's really improved his his handle, Derek. And like you said, Ray's been in out of the – you know, college game for four years. It's kind of interesting. He even got a spot there. 
Uh, but Kendrick Nunn has shown the scoring ability, the shooting ability, and and now kind of a, a playmaker, distributor, ball handling that uh, he needed to, to to get a chance at the league. Absolutely. I think that Kendrick is is the obvious answer here. Uh, you know, obviously you hope good luck to Ray uh, throughout the rest of the summer uh, with the Suns, and, and hopefully he shows that uh, he can get a chance as well. But, yeah, it just seems you know, he signed the deal, uh, Kendrick did, uh, for – a chance to to have control for the heat for, for multiple years. And they're going to have a young team, uh, you know, outside of Jimmy buckets, uh, that'll be interesting dynamic with, with him there and Myers, but uh, it'd be cool to see Kendrick finally make that next step up. Had a, as you mentioned, a really good season in the G league Can definitely score it. And, and if he can do more off the bounce and facilitate a little bit and, and add that to his game and also uh, play defense, then, then he can find a, a niche and find a role. And it'd be, it'd be cool to see, uh, another name there, you know, from Illinois doing some things in the league and uh, hopefully Kendrick and, and Ray both keep it up. Do you like Myers fit in Miami? Yeah. I mean, why not? I, I think a good chance that he'll get to play a decent amount more and that in Portland, I know that Nurkic is going to be out for the season, uh, but just to give Myers a chance to, to maybe get more of a regular role and, and to, uh, I don't know if he'll be in line to start or how that's going to work out, but uh, you know, a, another opportunity for him to to prove himself, and uh, I'll be really interested to see how he builds off that uh, that great playoff run or those those couple great games that he had in, in the playoffs this past uh, summer. Yeah, I know Portland just had to get Whiteside in the deal, but I, you know the guy they know him really well, and they decided to move on from him. I I didn't love that from Myers' perspective because uh, he was he seemed to really like Portland, and, and there was a great scene and breakthrough. But he showed uh, that you know he can gain confidence in this league, and he's got the offensive skill set. He needs to continue uh, improving as a defender, but hopefully he continues that confidence because he could get another big contract uh, if he has a nice year here. All right, Derek, where's the stop on the way to to, to Peach Jam? Do you, do you make a frequent stop somewhere? Yeah, you got to hit Watson's in – not Watson's. You got to hit uh, Hattie B's. Watson's here in town actually has good chicken if you want to check that out. But uh, Hattie B's down in Nashville, always the, the stopping point. Get some hot chicken on the way down to uh, North Augusta, South Carolina. It's about halfway point, so you can kind of six, – six-hour drive, hit that, get some hot chicken – uh, and then go on down the road and, and make the rest of the trip, see a ton of hoops, and uh, it's going to be really fun. So uh, that that's usually my uh, my tradition, and I, I'm sticking to it. Uh, sounds good. Piper, have a good trip, man. Safe travels. All right, sounds good, man. All right, good stuff, Derek Piper. All right, thanks for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast. We'll be back soon. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you uh, get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us. We really appreciate that. Whenever there's news, uh, like the Mookie Cooper, we kind of got the emergency podcast in there early. We'll talk about it right here on the Line Enquirer podcast.